All right, Father, we thank you that you give us the grace to share the words that's on our heart today. We thank you, Father, for um, open ears, open hearts. And Father, no matter where people are on the continuum of their relationship, maybe it's at the start, maybe it's at the end, maybe it's post-marriage. Father, help them to understand that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. May your peace be over them. May our hearts be open to receive. And may we just uh, be encountered by you, our Uh, our heavenly father and one who just unconditionally loves us Mm. all the way through. You bring healing to those that are um, in all sorts of challenges within their marriage. You bring restoration. You bring grace to those situations in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 So Thrive, I think it's a really good name. It's um, from the perspective of, you know, when we water stuff, we want it to actually thrive. We look at a plant that's out in the garden and it's struggling. I've got plants. We've got plants out the back. And no matter what, we've got a lime tree. Who's got a lime tree that just is really hard to grow? You know, and it's clearly not in the right environment or it's not in the right nutrients. I struggle with growing a lime tree. We've tried to grow this one. Yeah, it just doesn't work, does it? So, um, but before we kick off, um, we just thought that uh, we will kick straight into Genesis. I'm going to stand. I'm going to sit. You're going to stand, and I'm going to sit. Like it's just. I may stand up in a little while, yeah. but I need <laughs> to sit for a moment. So um, anyway, so Genesis chapter two, verse eighteen from the Amplified Bible says, "Now the Lord God said, it is not good or beneficial that man be alone. I will make him a helper, one who balances him." a counterpart who is suitable suitable and complementary for him. It, um, there's a few things in that, in that passage of Scripture really that can be unpacked from a... You're stealing all the notes. I've got all the notes over there. I have to go there. Marriage is not about competition, right? When we first got married or when we first started dating, we actually... Um, part of our journey is... We're at youth group and we were fighting in a sumo suit, right? These sumo, you put on these big sumo suits and little did we realize that Kathy actually became unconscious um, as a result of our competition. Yes, our first right? We were competing fight. for each other. He, and he gave me a concussion. Uh, yep. So we, we promised that we weren't <laughs> going to bring that up. But anyway. <laughs> So, but marriage is never about competing with one another, right? It's about complementing one another. And it's also not about completing one another. Uh, it's not a Jerry Maguire scene, right? No. Where we're all probably thinking, you not complete me and, no, no, and all no. those sorts of things. Scripture says that one who balances him, well, it's actually about balancing her as well. You know, I'm, I, you know, if we're talking about star signs and all that, I was, I'm a Libra, right? So I was born in, in October and it's got the scales. So, you know, whatever that, I don't follow any of that, by the way. So just so you know, but it, the reality is there's a balance. If one is balanced, well, it's, the other side is balanced as well. And so Kathy brings a balance to me and I bring a balance to her. And could be said that she is the string to my balloon, right? I'm quite often... and I often keep him... Grounded. 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 (laughs) Yes. Because he often has ideas that need to be grounded. And balanced. (laughs) And balanced. And balanced. So so the good thing with all of that, though, is that it's actually complementary. 
Kathy compliments me. You know, she doesn't complete me. She compliments me. The one and all that completes us is Jesus, right? We all know that Jesus is our completer. He seals us for the day of redemption, but we have a helper, a helpmate. And Kathy is uh, our my helpmate. 26 years nearly. What a blast. We met and got married in six months. And then we learned how to actually communicate with each other. And um, this is going to be a dangerous series. I can just see what's going to happen here. (laughs) This is going to be dangerous. And it's all on me, right? So anyway, it's all, uh, yeah, there's, you just keep talking. Yeah, thanks. Um, I remember the night before we got married, uh, we... I stayed at some friends and they wrote me a, a, a card, you know, congratulating me into, uh, you know, getting married. And uh, they shared this scripture in their card. And it was Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12. Through, although one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a three-folded cord is not easily broken. Right. You know, so one, isolation is not a good thing. You know, we were created for community. We were created to be with one another. Two, when we're together, two can put a thousand to flight. Or if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. It says in um, in Psalms, and I'm reminded of what it actually says in another translation. It says back to back. I think I've got it here right in the New Living Translation. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. And, you know, I've never forgotten that in the terms of our marriage. You know, we we shouldn't be doing stuff alone. We've made conversations all through the course of a marriage of actually talking with one another before we make big decisions. You know, we we don't actually have isolated rogue decisions. I'm not going to go out there unless it was actually your fifth replacement of your wedding ring. I went out there and actually spent some money and I didn't actually get the permission, right? But she didn't say, why did you spend all that money? She just said, oh, this is beautiful. It's amazing. But the reality is it's good to actually talk together when you make big decisions. It's a good thing. And, uh, and so we've never forgotten that um, two is good, but God is always in the middle of it. He has to be in the middle of our relationship. Absolutely. So, and when God is in it, that's actually when remarkable can actually happen. Who wants remarkable who would like remarkable, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so today, what we're actually, and through the course of this series, we're spending more time on ourselves than actually than our spouses. Is that, a, is that okay to go that way, you know? Because obviously, if we can be a better version of ourselves, it's amazing what happens when we come into a marriage from that perspective. Yeah. So Isaiah 32, verse 16 and 17 says, Justice will rule in the wilderness and righteousness righteousness in the fertile field and this righteousness will bring peace yes it will bring quietness and confidence forever i've found that righteousness when in the in the when we know our righteousness and and that righteousness is only found in christ when we know our righteousness, we know our identity in Christ. Peace and confidence comes. And the, and the happiest and joyous, most, most joyful people on earth are, have this in common. 
uh, they know who they are. They know their identity. And so when we know our righteousness, when we know our identity and who we are in Christ, then we will have peace and we can have joy in our marriages. So we're going to go through five pillars of peace. Um, we're just going to touch on them. And obviously in the course that we're going to go through, that we're going through, we're going to go deep dive um, in, into these a lot more, but we're going to just touch on them here. Peace with God. When we have peace with God as individuals and we take that into our marriages before God, it changes everything. You, Romans 5, 1 to 2, let's go there. Where's that? Oh, there. Romans 5, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. When we know we're accepted in God and we please him and we are in right standing with him, then we can have the peace of God in our heart. And that, and that peace, when we take that into, into our relationships, whether it's relationships with our co-workers or, I mean, we're talking about marriage in this course, but we, you can relate that to anyone, your best friend, your, 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 for those who aren't married, you know, and you want to get married, this is the time to get peace with God and get your relationship and your identity before God right because that's what you're going to be taking in to your marriage. And if you've got that right now, your marriage will succeed your marriage will flourish and it will thrive with with gusto so that's what you want to take in to a a marriage so basically having to accept that god is pleased with you you know no matter what you've done in your past he's pleased with you so often we allow condemnation to be the root of decision making in our marriage and we think that we haven't been approved or we're not we haven't been accepted and you know from that perspective of we don't believe God accepts us I haven't done enough to win his approval hence and so forth that we actually think well because I'm not accepted by him I'm not accepted by by my spouse yeah. and uh, in the early days when we first got married Kathy came from a European background where she was of the view that she was actually going to be my servant in our relationship. You know, she was there to clean and do all of that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, and 
also based on her upbringing, she was thinking if she wasn't my servant, I would actually be violent with her, you know, and that was, you know, that was her normal. And so when we get, when we come together, we're actually forming new normals in a relationship. Yeah. You know, Kathy's normal was violence and abuse and this slave mentality, so to speak, whereas I grew up as an only child and I was actually completely independent. I knew how to iron, I knew how to cook, I knew how, how to do all of these things and I didn't necessarily need a servant or a slave <laughs> in my marriage. I needed a wife. And I, I was need- like, what the? You don't need me? When, when Kathy understood that she was pleased by God and that it wasn't an actual yeah. performance-related marriage, it totally shifted her mindset yeah. to actually be one who compliments rather than actually That's be that, right. that servant mindset. So, so, you know, we have to accept that God is always pleased with us. Yeah. Point number two, um, peace with God, but also peace with ourselves. Yes. You know, so often we live in an environment with that, um, you know, we are not, a, we think that we haven't done enough in ourselves. We're constantly seeking out approval of others. Mm. And the reality is that God is pleased with us. But you know what? Bible talks about being content, you know, and I think we've got a scripture there. We'll actually um, share that. But um, um, people who haven't learned to forgive, it's really hard to actually forgive ourselves. You know, sometimes we live in a life that is guilty of decisions we've made 15, 20 years ago. And that is actually hindering us from thriving in our relationships. People who haven't learned to forgive, accept or get along with themselves tend to have more difficulty accepting and getting along with others. You know, because as as Scripture says in 1 John, uh, perfect love casts out all fear. So when we've had all fear removed, which is the, you know, the root of fear is shame, condemnation, uh, this sense of need to be accepted. Mm. When we understand that we are approved and we're, when we're actually accepted, that we can forgive ourselves. Who's the worst critic? Ourselves. We are the worst critic of ourselves. You know, and so often we want to um, put that that unforgiveness of ourselves onto others into other our relationships and can actually be really um, detrimental to our relationship moving forward. And um, one, one statement I've said previously, pain is inevitable. We're always going to face pain, but suffering is optional. We, we don't, don't have, we don't to, have to suffer. We don't have to suffer. That's actually a choice. We can choose to be set free from the suffering. You know, the enemy wants us to be on this treadmill of constant suffering. But the reality is that we can be set free from suffering. Mm-hmm. We can be set free by saying, you know what? I forgive myself. Christ has already forgiven you. Yeah. He's already forgiven you. Yeah. And to think that he hasn't forgiven you or you haven't done enough actually cheapens what he did. He gave all of heaven and earth to have this relationship. And he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's forgiven us already. And if, he, if he's asked us to forgive them, then why would he not ask us to forgive ourselves mm. as well? That's right. You know, Jesus asked us to love others as we love ourselves. So we need to love ourselves so that we can love others because that's the first commandment. It's what we have to do. It's, it's our... It's our, it's the command. It's the only command that mm. Jesus gave us. It's to love. 
And so loving is a part of forgiving. And so the journey of that means that we we forgive uh, ourselves and we forgive others. It's that journey. John chapter 14 says this, uh, verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace. Peace, you know, that word peace literally means shalom. In the, uh, in the Greek, it means shalom. In the, oh, sorry, in the Hebrew, it means shalom. And in the Greek, it means irene. So it's this, it's a completeness. It's nothing lost, nothing broken. It's a full restoration. Yeah. I'm leaving you with a gift. Full restoration. Completeness. And that gift is, is you just take it. It's a receiving. It's a receiving. You don't. It's not a. It's not something you have to do something for. It's a gift. If it's a gift, you don't. You don't have to do anything for it. And it's uh, it's a peace of mind and a peace of heart. You know who would like peace of mind? You know some of us uh, are really in that space of anxiety, of stress, of worry, of concerns, of you know how are we going to make ends meet, and living in a world that is full on in putting pressures on us. But Jesus is saying, "I'm leaving you with a gift: peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift of the world cannot give. So it's actually far superior than going out and doing some sort of you know, uh, you know." retreat, so to speak, uh, around trying to get more new agey kind of peace and all of those sorts of things. We're talking about a divine peace far above whatever the world can give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus is saying this. He actually starts that chapter in John chapter 14. Verse 1 says, let your heart not be troubled. And if you go through and look at that chapter a number of times, he says, be not troubled. Let your heart not be troubled. These are actually strong words from Jesus saying, you know, if you are to walk in peace, the peace that I give you, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. You know, you can't have fear and faith at the same time. You can't have peace and trouble at the same time. And so Jesus is saying, I give you peace. It's a gift. Receive it. So forgiving doesn't mean condoning Right. I just want to clarify that. Yeah. So people may do bad things to pe- uh, to you, and and I, I don't want to I don't want to um, excuse or, or or say that you know, you know you put up with um, those those things. It doesn't condone what they do, but it does it does mean that you 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 know God Jesus has asked us to forgive them not condone what they do. You, can, you have to um, remain safe. He never would want you to be um, unsafe. That is not, that is not a, um, that's not what I'm talking about. My, I had to forgive my father regardless of how he behaved, but I didn't condone his behaviour. That was not... That was not about the forgiveness. I hope that I hope that clarifies the point. Now, peace with others, forgiveness on others. By constantly reliving the pain of what happened, you are giving power away. You're giving power away to what has happened. 
forgiving releases that power and it gives you release to live in peace. Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he has asked us to forgive 70 times 7. And if we couldn't do that, it would be unfair. It would be unfair for him to have asked us to do that. When Jesus asked me to forgive my father of all the trauma that he caused me, I went on a rampage of anger towards God. But that was there was no use of me to do that because I had to find peace with him. So for us to find peace with others, we have to find the forgiveness. We have to. And... Ephesians 4, 31, throughout the Bible it talks about forgiveness, but this is just one of scripture. It says, get rid, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander. Why? Why do we have to get rid of it? Because it's hurting us. It it hurts us. It infects us. It eats us inside. As well as all types of evil behaviour, instead be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Judgment of others only results, only results in resentment and pride. It impacts your heart. It eats your heart away. It causes you harm, not them. They will live their lives, but you will be eaten away. Jesus wants your heart free and to be in peace. And so in a marriage, in a marriage, how this works is if I held on to that unforgiveness and he, Murray may never have done anything to me ever and he certainly has never done anything to me. But because my family did things to me, that unforgiveness could have eaten our marriage away and rotted our marriage to the point where it tore us apart. But because Jesus caused me to, to deal with that and deal with the forgiveness and, and cause me to forgive my family. It has caused peace between us. And I don't, I don't react 
and respond to Murray. And there's like plenty that. of opportunities. And there is plenty of opportunities. <laughs> yes. There, there was is. this one time when we first got married. <laughs> yeah, there is. Just to lighten it up a little, yes. people. <laughs> um, yeah, we had, uh, we've had some fun times. I'll just put it under that umbrella. Uh, when there's two rivers coming together, yes. you know, it can form some turbulence. It can form some sort of, some, you know, rocky waters, so to speak. But the reality is, you know, we've, we've learnt to do everything Kathy's way and it's led really well. <laughs> you know, that's, that's at the right. end of the day is how it works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, it's also equal. You got that quote that you want to share. Yes, um, I want to. Compassion costs. Compassion costs. It is easy enough to argue, criticise and condemn, but redemption is costly and comfort draws from the deep. Brains can argue, but it takes heart to comfort. Mm. And that is, that I, I saw that, that quote and I thought, wow, oh yes, compassion does cost. It's putting down your, your side and putting down arguments, it costs, but it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Because for peace with others, it's worth it. It's worth it. The, uh, for the sake of time, we'll just keep moving through. Um, number four, peace with your story. Uh, if you've been to our cafe, you'll see that on our windows, we say your story matters. You know, Absolutely. And Everyone's significant. And it really is that case of it. we shouldn't let our past define us. You know, we've all have stuff happen to us. We've all probably done stuff that maybe we would in life maybe regret. And uh, But the reality is we don't have to let our past define our future. You know, and part of our vision here at church is to actually say, hey, your story does matter. Yeah. And we would rather speak into people's potential yeah. than into people's problems. Absolutely. You know, and uh, we're of the view that if we actually focus on the on the goal that's in individuals, you know, it's interesting when you, when you fertilize a, a seedling, it grows. It actually flourishes. We'll water into the outcome we see as God sees. We don't speak problems over situations. Let's speak as heaven sees it into and bring life into circumstances. God is always into restoration. He is always always. into restoration. I I shared that the other day. And um, and our final one, peace with your season. Can we do this? Yes. We can do this. Are we we okay here? Has this been helpful to some? Peace within your season. You're going to share this? There are storms and torrents in seasons. Oh, my goodness. Yes, there are. And, you know, even in, in our marriage, we've, we've had seasons. And, gosh, when we planted this church, I had my health season um, hit me like a, a ton of bricks. And yet God took me into a place of peace knowing and trusting him. And I'm so thankful for the journey of peace, understanding that we can trust him. And so when we, when we always go to Jesus in every season, it doesn't matter what happens and what's going on. 
in every season, if we can keep our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, mm. we will always find the peace that we need, yeah. the grace that we need, the mercy that we need in the time of need. We will always be able to walk in every situ through every situation. Amen. I'm, I was reminded of another story when so when you get when you meet and you get married in six months, you couldn't possibly reveal all of the things that are in the closet. Oh yes. There was some stuff in the closet. So oh, we were wow. married probably six weeks, and it was a beautiful Saturday morning. We were living at Burley Beach. Oh yes, and, we were. Uh, and <laughs> on the door, and it was a debt collector. And it was a beautiful debt collector that was kind enough to locate me because I got wacky in my theology very early in my Christian walk that if I didn't pay a bill, I thought it was going to be supernaturally paid out. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, we hadn't, I hadn't heard anything for like 18 months. I thought, man, God's so good. He loves me. And uh, little did I realize <laughs> that... You know, payday eventually comes, right? It eventually comes. And we had this debt collector knock on the door. and it He was, was very young. He was very young. Well, you weren't that much older than me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it turned out that I still owed the $7,000. And, you know, when you're 21 and, you know, barely working and $7,000. And in Bible college. And in Bible college. It was like, this is crazy. And so, you know, we all have a story. But you know what? The beautiful thing is that through that, we stayed calm. Yeah. I stayed calm. <laughs> I Kathy, was a blubbering mess. Kathy, on the other hand, had uh, had to get some counselling. And <laughs> but but the reality is that we worked together, yeah. you know. And I think at the end of the day, our intention and our heart for this call, for this uh, for this series is that you know it's going to cause conversations. We wanted yeah. to you know take conversations home. I was talking to someone this week. And it's like, it's all well and good to do these sorts of things. You're going to open a bunch of can, you bunch of, open a can of worms. And it's like, there's things that's going to be talked about. And it's like, we were talking about stuff yesterday in preparation of today. And I was like, I don't think we've actually spoken about that. Some of these decisions we've made, we, you know, have we actually made some of these decisions together? Or have you just been the, the come along? And I'm the balloon and you're trying to pull me down and all. Like there's decisions that sometimes it's really good to do together. A lot of decisions are good to do together. And, you know, opening this can of worms through this type of series may actually think, hmm, but it's also good to know how to close the can. Yeah. You know, some things are good to expose and to discuss. And some things are like, okay, well, let's deal with that and fill it in with the power of the Holy Spirit. That brings health and wholeness. Who's familiar with Clark Taylor? Clark Taylor, a well-known minister of the 70s and 80s. And he would, um, and, 90s. and 90s, all through the Australian, Australian Pentecostal church circles. And we've been in meetings with him. And, uh, and whenever he has prayed over someone and, you know, has believed for a sickness to be removed, he would always fill up the cup, right? And so it's all good to empty the can, of all of the worms, but it's good to allow the Holy Spirit to fill it up with peace, with his love, yeah. with his gentleness, with his kindness. So with that said, let's pray. Yeah. And Father, I thank you thank for you, the Jesus. work of the Holy Spirit that's, at work, that's uh, 
here today. I thank you, God, that your peace be with us always. I thank you, Father, for love that is shed abroad in our hearts. I thank you, Father, for um, the grace to help us to move forward in, in this series, Thrive. Lord, may it, may it open conversations in the car. May it, may it cause people to just talk to each other in ways that, and ask questions maybe they haven't asked each other previously. You know, how can we be better compliments to each other? How can we compliment our spouses? How can we lean into you? Holy Spirit, speak to us through your word, through the conversations of others. May they be filled with grace. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for the love of God that's shed abroad in all our hearts. We thank you, God, that um, there is restoration taking place. We pray for those marriages, Lord, that may be just having strong conversations, tough conversations. Holy Spirit, do what you need to in those situations. No matter where people are at in their continuum of their marriage, Father, have your way with them. May it thrive. May it flourish. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.